You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Go bet with MyBookie. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code GATERS and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Bet with MyBookie. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore S-E-C. What a day. What a game. That was a whole lot of fun, Gator fans. That's what we've been waiting on. That's what we've been waiting on in the swamp. That's the kind of home game we wanted. Number five LSU rolls into town. Florida wins 27-19. to Dominating defense, opportunistic offense, great play calling by the offense when it really needed to be needed, great execution by the offense when it really needed to be needed. But it was that defense, confusing Joe Burrow all game long, keeping the pressure up. Not a lot, you know, not a lot of big plays besides a couple of drives. This was what we were waiting on. Dan Mullen comes year one, beats the top five LSU team, two big back to back wins now. And these Gators are rolling. It's an exciting time for the Gator Nation right now. And just what a day it was from, from the tailgating scene at the Harmonic Woods tailgates with my guys there. My dad went down with me. It's just first time at that tailgate, so we had a lot of fun. Had some friends join in. I haven't seen it in, in a while, Rob and Lewis. So you know, thank, I'm glad those guys got to, to hang out with me. All the fans of Gators Breakdown that I got to meet throughout the day, uh, heading to the stadium, in the stadium after the game, uh, a whole lot of fun. And during the game, of course, I mean, what more could we ask for? I mean, that was it was just, I mean, two heavyweights going at it. And that's the kind of game uh, that we got there. And Tebow getting in the ring of honor, the 08 national team being 08 national championship team being honored. You know, it just everything culminated. Everything came together for an exciting afternoon. And the Gators win and beat number five LSU 27 to 19 and this episode right after uh, the game is kind of the reaction episode. Uh, you can hear it. In my voice guys, I'm a, I'm a, a little horse here, a little bit of a sore throat from all the hollering. So, you know, it was great to go in that stadium and, and, and be a fan uh, for a day. And, and what a game to be a fan for. I mean, I just can't speak enough for, for the atmosphere and everything that went on uh, in that game. But before we break it down here, remember you can find Gators breakdown on newsforjacks.com. 
slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdowns episodes as well as articles from the News 4 Jacks sports team. That's news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Catch Gators Breakdown on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and now on Spotify. When using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. <clears throat> so as I mentioned, you know, this was a, a, a heavyweight fight between two teams with some great defenses. It was going to be tough for these offenses, and I, and I gained respect for both of the way these quarterbacks battled uh, in, in this game versus versus these pressuring defenses. You know, but but what a way for the Gators to to get this win over LSU. There there was response after response, just when it felt like LSU could take over the game, in in, in multiple places in this game, LSU came out and scored a, a touchdown in the opening drive. But you know, the Gators didn't flinch and it tied the game in the second quarter with a Piran touchdown. Uh, Gators were once again down ten to seven right before halftime, and then responded with a, a seven play, seventy five yard drive as Moral Stevens catches another touchdown pass for the second straight week. Uh, then the Gators led at halftime, you know, feeling pretty good, 14-10. And then uh, uh, later, after uh, LSU's Nick Brissett gashes the, the Gators' defense on a four-play 80-yard drive to take the lead for LSU, 19-14, the Gators come back, put together the most important drive of the game to take the lead and keep it. A nine-play, 75-yard drive that took two minutes and 26 seconds that had everything to get it done. A uh, throw it up and catch to Van Jefferson. Go win a one on one. Go 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 win a battle against some defensive backs. That's what Van Jefferson did there. P Ryan with a, with a chunk run play, and, and then the creative crawl to Frank's throwback that, to set up the go ahead touchdown. Twenty nineteen Gators right there. Uh, the swamp was nuts. Dan Mullen hopping the crowd uh, after on. Uh, I mean, going you know, at a point during the game, you could just see how animated he was on the sideline, how happy he was to, you know, to get Gator Nation behind him and the players, and you know, Gator Nation behind each other uh, as well. And if, you know, from there on, you know, the Gators' defense took over. LSU had 50 yards the last eight minutes and 48 seconds of the game. 15 of those were a pass interference on the Gators, so 35 yards for LSU in the last 8:48 that they had to earn, uh, non penalized there. Forced Burrow to make his first two picks of the season, one return for a touchdown. There were plenty of times the Gators could have folded, but they hung in there. And Dan Mullen had to say after the game, <clears throat> quote, they came out and battled today. You look at today's game, and we did a lot of things that we got to improve on, whether it's not taking advantage of field position like we had been in the first half, whether it's mistakes where all of a sudden, as soon as we get some momentum, we're jumping offsides or snapping balls over heads or missing blocks and protection. Defensively, I thought we played great all night, and we just give up this drive where they just run the ball down our throat. We're in there. We're battling. We have the lead. We get punched right in the face, and we don't flinch. And that's something that's huge for this team. That's a lot of credit to Nick Savage with what he's done for the team, how they believe in each other, how they fight, how they're going to continue to work to be good. There was nobody who flinched on that sideline. Anything that went on kept doing what we needed to do to make plays to go win the game. And there we go. Exactly. You know, coming from the head coach himself, you know, I think we could all notice that you know the Gators just were not out of this game. You know, they kept fighting back, kept fighting back, and that's that's the theme in this game. There were plenty of times they could have folded, and I'll get into a lot of your tweets later on. You know, where you guys kind of noticed the same thing. No, but but what a nice win, a nice statement win for Dan Mullen and the Gators to to, to beat a top five team there. And, uh, you know, you just just being able to keep coming back, staying in the game 
and, and, and not panicking and being able uh, to just keep going and, you know, something that we would not have seen uh, in, in the past. So, you know, we'll start with some you know, some players here. And, you know, we'll start with the quarterback, of course, Felipe Franks. Had an okay game, uh, but kind of pretty much the, the kind of game I kind of expected going against the defense as good as LSU. I mean, overall numbers weren't great. 12 of 27, 161 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Some of those were throwaways under pressure. Uh, receivers weren't open a whole lot early on in the game, and he was getting pressured. He didn't. Um, you know, he started the game one of six for six yards. He was under a ton of pressure early. He was never sacked in this game. He'll give the offensive line a little bit of credit there, but he was under a pre- he was under a lot of pressure early on uh, versus this LSU defense. And you know, Mullen mentioned it in, in the presser too. You know, didn't have a lot of good things to say about the offensive line because you could just kind of see some of the uh, you know missed blocks and stuff that really caused you know Franks to get some pressure on. Uh, but but good for them battling through it like Mullen mentioned in the press game, and good for Franks too to also you know, keep trusting those guys there uh, to, to to go make some things happen and just keep battling their way through it. <clears throat> Franks turned it around though uh, to finish eleven to twenty one. Uh, Franks completed five of his final six passes in the first half for sixty four yards and a touchdown. He was four of four, four of four for fifty six yards on Florida's ten play sixty three yard touchdown drive late in the second quarter. Um, you know he wasn't you know great the entire game, of course, but he was great when he needed to be, except for for the for the one play, the one interception in the red zone. Um, it was just the second time this season the Gators failed to score in the red zone. And he threw it. He threw it in the middle of the field with wide receivers covered. Pressure was coming to his face. It was an easy inter- interception for LSU, but much like the team. Felipe Franks hung tough the rest of the game. You know what? what I mean, what some throws to Josh Hammond? I mean, you know, this is a a game where another Florida wide receiver had a g- great game, and it seems like every week we can point to a wide receiver who's having you know, some type of positive outcome uh, on the game. And and I look at it as Gators, Van Jefferson is the number one receiver, but they may not have you know what you would look at as the traditional number one receiver. But it's kind of helping Florida. Right now, his defenses can't really just go key on, on, on one guy. You don't know which receiver is going to have that game uh, like Hammond had against LSU. You know, we've seen it with Swain. We've seen it with Jefferson. We've seen it with Grimes so far this year. And it's just, you know, it's a different – it seems like it's a different receiver that's showing up. So Hammond, when you have three catches, 85 yards there, uh, a long of 49, went a long way into getting this victory there. So, you know, wrapping up with Franks, you know, all in all uh, – Given the circumstances of playing against this LSU defense and the pressure he was on early, and I don't want to try to make too many excuses. You know, you guys listen to this podcast long enough. I'm not going to hide my thoughts here, but you know, given the circumstances, first year offense, still learning, going against that type of defense. You know, when the when the plays needed to be need, uh, needed to be made, he was there making those plays. Uh, so good, good play calling helped him. I still love these, uh, and I'll go into it, kind of shift into the, the to the next topic here. These little option plays with Lamichael Piran. I mean, what Wayne, you go have yourself a game, Lamichael Piran. I mean, this little speed option play that we've seen the last couple of weeks has really helped neutralize that Mississippi State aggressive front, this LSU aggressive defense. And the Gators get numbers on one side, and Frank Piran run that little speed option, and and you know, Piran really excelled uh, in, in this play the last couple of weeks here. So. P. Ryan, 17 attempts, 75 yards, two touchdowns. So go back, guys. I mean, look, P. Ryan has four touchdowns in the last two games versus LSU. So, you know, so far this season, he's just been that really steady back. You kind of you kind of know what you're getting on Michael P. Ryan right now, and it's a, it's a good running back. 
Uh, he's uh, steady. You know what you're going to get. He's always moving forward there. He doesn't take a lot of uh, runs for losses here, and he it, it's a really steady, good running back. So there was some, also some, some good, tough running by Jordan Scarlett, especially when it was needed late in the game. Tony also had 25 yards on the ground on four carries. So, you know, one more important play on the ground was the third and seven, down 19-14. Uh, and, and Franks gets 12 yards on the, on the quarterback draw there on third and seven. So perfect play call in that scenario. Picks up 12 yards from Franks, and, and you know with his yards on the ground, Franks had 203 total yards on this LSU defense, and it didn't seem like it, but this Florida offense also over 200 yards rushing uh, on this LSU defense. And, I mean, I tell you, it, it's you know we, we know in this in a, in a Dan Mullen offense, if it, if you're going to get over 200 yards rushing, you're going to have a good chance to win uh, most of these ball games, especially now with the way the defense is playing, and they're going to keep these games close. Uh, you get up 200 yards rushing in a Dan Mullen offense, and uh, you're you're going to be in every game, you know, if if if, if, they, if they play out this way. Uh, well, you know, we'll move to the other side of the ball, and and, and this Gator defense and. Wow. I mean, that's all we can say uh, with the performances that we're getting from this defense uh, since since that Kentucky game. I mean, it looked like the LSU's offense was finding its way coming into this game. They threw the first punch on the opening drive, but it was all Gators defense after that. The pressure this defense causes punishes quarterbacks. They're so fast, they're so aggressive, and you could see it in the stat line. Five sacks on Joe Burrow, 11 tackles for loss in this game causing three turnovers when LSU had three coming in all season, uh, causing Burrow uh, to throw his first two interceptions of the season. Uh, the pressure got to him and something he hadn't seen all season, uh, especially up to this point here. So uh, this Gators defense is getting pressure 40% of the time on quarterback dropbacks, 40% of the time. So you, know, you had uh, Jakai Polite force, forcing the early fumble on Burrow, and uh, polite, uh, I'm telling you, he just uh, he's a big weapon so far for the Gators here. Um, entered Saturday, uh, let's see, yeah, or they had the early fumble on Burrow, and then uh, he entered Saturday in a seven way tie, uh, for the FBS lead with three forced fumbles. Uh, Notch's fourth forced fumble of the of the season with his sack and fourth fumble in LSU's second drive. But it was also Vashawn Joseph, who was a wild man out there. He was everywhere. Two sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, led the team with 14 tackles. You know, what a transformation for him. And he's putting it together as the season goes on. Uh, he posted the, the first multi-sack game of his career, and he did it in the first 20-plus minutes of the, uh, of the game. Uh, Joseph entered the game with three tackles for loss this year, had three in the, in the first 20-plus minutes of the game. How uh, also set career highs for tackles with 14 and tackles for loss with three and a half. So go have yourself a game too, Vasone Joseph. Uh, way, way, you know, way to turn it around there. Johnson Garner Johnson led the team in tackles uh, with 30 coming into this game. He, well, you know, add 11 more to that. <laughs> what a difference uh, uh, from a year ago uh, from him as well. No longer a liability in tackling, uh, tackling, working on his craft, and, and it's showing. 11 tackles. One and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, David Reese also added 11 tackles, and Donovan Steiner with nine tackles as well. And speaking of Steiner, we'll call him the closer on defense. And then the last two games, he's made game ceiling play on defense last week versus Mississippi State to get that sack of Nick Fitzgerald, and then also the interception to end this game. 
Um, I mean, what more can you say about the, about that kid too? Uh, coming along nicely there, uh, and, and last two weeks when when his number's been called late in the game, big sack, and now game ceiling interception against LSU. Uh, so uh, the Gators' last two opponents, Mississippi State and LSU, have combined to convert just six of 29 third downs. Six of 29 for these last two opponents for the Gators, uh, converting, uh, converting on third downs. With the five sacks versus LSU, uh, the Gators' defense has five-plus sacks in three games this season. Uh, that's matching the 1999, 2001, 2005, 2006, 2015, and 2016 Gator for the most such games in one campaign since the start of the 98 season. So good company there with, the, with, with those defenses. Uh, with 11 tackles for loss uh, versus uh, LSU, Florida now has five games with eight-plus tackles for loss this year, uh, tying the 2012 and 2014 Gators for the second most such games in a season since the start of 2012. So some really, really good defenses that this defense is starting to be compared to and some, and some key stats here, tackles for loss, sacks. You're, you're really pressuring these, these offenses to, to have to make plays. And um, tell you what, yeah, Gators 11 sacks the last two games. Uh, unreal the amount of pressure the Gators have been able to bring and force against two of the better teams uh, on the schedule and all that pressure first Joe Burrow to throw his first two interceptions of the season. The first one by Brad Stewart that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, and I was just waiting on it. it. It was going to happen. There was no way under that pressure that it was not going to happen. You know, six games into the season, he'd probably do for an interception anyway. Uh, but you know, it, it kept going, going, going. And uh, when the Gators really needed it, that's when it happened. Uh, fourth quarter, uh, the LSU needs to go score. They got some pressure on them. Florida knows the, the pass is coming, so they can really pin their ears back on that defensive line. And um, pressure forces uh, the, the pressure all day. Forces Jerry Burrow to throw his first two interceptions of the season and help lead the Gators to get that victory here. And also, shout out to the special teams. Shout out to McPherson and Townsend. No field goals for McPherson. But this was a close game, and go back and remember last season when Pinheiro missed an extra point, and the Gators lost that game by one point. So not to be overlooked is hitting those extra points. And also Tommy Townsend, 70-yard punt in the third quarter, tied the seventh-longest punt in school history, and then maybe one of the bigger plays of the game here. Townsend also had a 61-yard punt to pin LSU on his own 12-yard line. With 2.21 remaining in the game, forcing LSU in bad field position and then the eventual pick six uh, there. So, you know, good special teams. Uh, another game where uh, they, 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 they showed up in, in a different form here and a lot of, you know, just doing a lot of the small things. You hit a booming punt, you make all your extra points. And in a close game, those are some differences there. Those are some differences in a close, contested battle. So, guys, I'll get to your tweets uh, here next. But, <clears throat> Remember, let's get to, uh, to you, you want to bet. Let's do some my bookie. And, you know, sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talk about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. So, whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting with my bookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. 
There is so much to bet on right now at mybookie.ag. Playoff baseball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But MyBookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. I use them. My friends use them. And MyBookie has been in business for years. They they have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. MyBookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you got to join now because they'll be pulling that offer pretty soon. So log on to MyBookie.ag right now and double your money. Use promo code GATERS, and you'll get your first deposit matched 100%. And that's promo code GATERS. You play, you win, you get paid at my bookie. So yeah, a lot of uh, you know every post game episode we do here, I ask for your guys' thoughts and tweets, and of course we got a ton. So I'll go through a few here, uh, get your guys' thoughts, and uh, you know kind of talk about uh, we you know, what what we saw uh, as the Gators get, get go get a big victory. Uh, Against LSU, so uh, here let me get to him. C three uh, says Heggie uh, makes the offensive line actually look good. His replacement of Fred Johnson elevated the overall play. He was decleaving defenders time after time. Adds toughness and grit, and you see him out there with a club on his hand too. So you're out, you're talking about toughness, talking about grit, and you know after last week, uh, the first half uh, of the Mississippi State game, you see it saw Fred Johnson, you know, with those false starts. And if Aggie's healthy, he is going to be one of the better offensive linemen out there on the field. So good for him to be able to go get some more play in time. And you know, Florida's creating a little bit of depth there at, at, at this offensive line. And maybe six, seven, maybe, maybe eight deep, but probably you know only you know six to seven deep right now. Uh but with but with Heggie and, and, and Jordan and Ivy, uh, those, those guys right now and, and Taylor and Buchanan, I mean they they're they're not the liability um that they could be this season. Coaching's helping them out, play calling's helping them out. Franks is helping him out with some calls sometimes as well. Uh, you know, so so good for those guys to to not be the the, the biggest liability on the uh, on the field. Uh, you know, time and time again, uh, I still think it may be the weakest weakest link on this offense, but they're finding ways to get it done. And this coaching staff is finding a way to coach around it right now. And hopefully, as this year goes on, and you've got a bye week coming up out of this Vanderbilt game, you know, you get some things kind of figured out there uh, to set up a big run uh, later on in the season. Now here, Daniel Kennan uh, says it's interesting how some coaches can get it going in year one and some it takes two to three. Mullen is an elite coach and the almighty Gators have a very bright future. And a lot of Gator fans feel that way, especially after seeing Dan Mullen on that sideline, waving his hands, raising his hands up, trying to get the, you know, not, not, not trying to get the crowd was into it, but you know, you feed off the coach a little bit more. So the decibel level might've been at a nine there. And then all of a sudden it's at a 10 when your, your head coach is up there, you know, jumping up and down and, and, and having some fun and, you know, trying to also you know, make the swamp one of the hardest places to play. And you know, it, it takes a whole team effort. It takes the fans, it takes the coaches, it takes the players. And we, and we saw it, they were having some fun and, you know, credit to Dan Mullen. Uh, also, you know, there's, there's more to it than just that. And calling some calling some great plays and calling, you know, we, we've seen some little wrinkles. Uh, Tony's getting the ball a little bit more. We, we've seen these trick plays the last couple of weeks. We've seen this speed option play that, you know, whilst these guys are learning the offense, you can start inserting some more of these things like this. And it's really making some difference in some close games the last couple of weeks. And, you know, you know, good – for Dan Mullen to be able to come in here in year one and, and make Gator Nation believe right now. 
So, you know, let's keep it going. Uh, but he's made it fun and a lot of fun so far. Mike Concho uh, says that the, they took the opening drive haymaker that LSU threw and didn't even blink. All of the times um, in teams the last few years would have given up and lost. They kept punching back and won. Credit to everyone all around. Love to beat LSU. Go Gators. And that's going to lead me to one of the quotes Dan Mullen had after after the presser and or after the game in his press conference. And you know, I was listening to that on, on, on the way home. And this one really stuck out here. Um, and I kind of like the analogy that he uses. So, quote, <clears throat> certainly a little bit of the mental toughness, things we do and continuing to grow. The physical toughness is going to come every day at practice, every day working and straining and getting tougher and getting harder. Just a little bit more finish, a little bit more technique. And I think it's straining in the technique to finish things, blocks, and to get off blocks, run to the ball, making tackles, playing as fast as heck. But mental toughness, certainly. When you come and you're at home, we always talk about holding the rope. All of a sudden, in the third and fourth quarter, that rope starts slipping through your hands and it's burning. You ever hold rope and it's starting to rip out of your hands and it's burning your hands? Most people, it starts burning your hands. You're going to let go of that rope. We don't let go of that rope. Even though it was slipping, we held on. Eventually, we stopped the slide, started yanking, and pulling it back in. And we're able to win that tug of war there at the end. So, you know, good good analogy there about Bob Mullen to, and talking about, you know, pulling the rope, kind of tug of war there. And that's what this game was. There were so many times the Gators could have let go. So many times um, they could have just gave, gave in, caved in. And they just kept going, kept fighting. And that's the, hey, look, that's all we've asked for this team coming, you know, before this year, before the coaching changes and all that stuff. We wanted to see a, a coach that cared, a team that cared. And you didn't get that. And we, we, we just kind of knew you get the right guy in here, things are going to start turning around, uh, maybe a little faster than what we expected. Uh, but we did know that was kind of the magic formula here. You know, talent, ta- the talent level is okay at Florida right now. Is it elite? Nope, not many, not many teams are out there, but this team has enough talent to get things going. You get the right coach, you get the right staff, you get the right mindset, and this thing's going to take off. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of good points there uh, by, by, by Honcho and then going to that quote uh, from Dan Mullen. Aaron Hodges says, what the coaches have done with this team is outstanding. They actually put the players in position to make plays to their strengths. Didn't expect them to get much, this much done this early in the Mullen tenure. And yeah, I kind of go back to the putting players in positions to make plays. And that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what we're getting. And we go back and what can, what are some things Franks can do well? And they're finding things out here. And it's like, so we we wanted to see him use his legs more. Is he an elite runner? Is he a big time runner? No, but he's dangerous enough with his legs to make things happen there. So we've seen these option plays. We saw the quarterback draw. We've seen him escape his own pressure uh, pressure given up by, by the offensive line or just, you know, too many uh, guys blitzing or whatever. Uh, when, whenever the defense brings some pressure, France can escape it and go get some tough yards. And you know, we, we, we've seen that this year. So, you know, he's, the coaches are putting him in position to make play. You can move to the other side of the ball and with this defense and you've seen what Jacopo Light uh, can do off the edge. We see Chauncey Garner-Johnson flying around everywhere in the backfield uh, and uh, of course, uh, Jacob uh, Vasan Joseph uh, as well. Once David Reese came back, now playing in, in a position that more, uh, more where he can fly around and, and not have to you know, play so much in the middle of the defense and go get out of his gap and all that good stuff or bad stuff. 
And, uh, you know, they're finding ways to fit these guys in. This defense may be a little undersized, but they are super fast. They're super quick. They're super aggressive. And they're really putting them in position to take advantage uh, of what those guys bring to the table here. Uh, Cavern Harris says, this is a seminal moment in the trajectory of our program. Huge. And you know what? This could be. You go, we go back and look at it. You know, this is the biggest win. It's the first top five win. Uh, again, uh, a first opponent top five win the Gators have had since they beat Ole Miss in 2015, and we thought that was going to be a, a spark uh, in the Jim McElwain era. There, you know, a, a, a few more things come into play there, of course, uh, after that for the for the fall of uh, Jim McElwain and the Gators. But yeah, this could be that that's but that that spark. You had all the recruits in, uh, in in town, and they got to see this atmosphere, and um, it also excited the, the the fan base that was there. You know, I I went into this game, and if you listen to the podcast last week, I said, and you know, this was going to be a game where you could bring back the swamp, where you could bring back uh, the the Gator Nation crowd, and being you know so, so supportive. Uh, of this team, it was time to bring back the swamp, and, and it was going to take a huge, big time win at home. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've been able to to walk out of that stadium singing. It's great to be a Florida Gator at the top of our lungs after a, a huge, big victory and feeling so good uh, about a game like that. So yeah, this could be uh, the moment we go back and look and say that's when it all all came together, and 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 it took off. Uh, and I, I kind of expect that to be the case here so uh let's see i see if there's a couple more tweets here uh jared swain uh fans can say what they want to about felipe franks but that kid has grown up this year he got beat up still hung in there and then last year he would have folded franks is becoming a warrior yeah i mean i went through you know there, there are times you know there, there, there are things that he's got to get better on damn all would admit it he would admit it um but I mean, he's getting the job done when he needs to, and I think that's all we can ask right now. Uh, it's not going to be perfect in this scenario. Uh, going against that defense, still learning an offense, first year of an offense. Frank's, you know, Frank's needs some work, and, and they're working through it uh, right now. So, you know, hopefully, he can continue to progress and uh, all those good things. But you know, he's doing enough right now, and that, that interception, you know, in the red zone, so it wasn't a, you know. You get that touchdown there. Now, I'm telling you, Florida could run away with the game because then you start – LSU has to start pressing a little bit more, has to start passing the ball a little bit more. And we we saw toward the end of the game what can happen when, you know, you have to um, – when, when that when they had to pass and this Gator defense knew it. Uh, so, you know, there was a chance there. You score right there, uh, you know, and LSU starts pressing, then you, you never know what kind of happens uh, after that. But, you know, you had really like Florida's chances there. Uh, but you know, still, you know, in the end zone, you know, you would have loved to score there. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't, you know, an interception deep in your own territory, and it sets up LSU in a good field position or any, anything like that. So, um, you know, of course, you, you would go back and look at it if, if if Florida loses that game about that interception, but they didn't. And for the most part, I still think I still think Felipe Franks played. Uh, pretty well. Uh, last one here, Bill Rudd. Uh, Franks has made strides, but can you imagine when Mullen gets his players, especially quarterbacks, uh, will be in the national championship pictures within a couple of year, a uh, couple of years? What has been accomplished truly shows what a great coaching staff we have. Need some big recruits to pop uh, this week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the aftermath is of this. You know, we'll start hearing from recruits and all that good stuff, and see how much they enjoyed it. I'm sure a lot of them did. I could see them down there having fun as well. 
uh, in that atmosphere. So how could you not, when you're in that stadium, not be excited about the future uh, of Gators football? So a lot of fun there had in the swamp. And of course, a lot, a lot of your reactions. Thank you for sending them in there. I could tell you're excited, about as excited as I am. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of fun, you know, high fiving strangers, high fiving fans in the, in the stands. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, just, you know, as I said, I, and I'm going to bring it up again. And I, and I tweeted it yesterday. Being able to sing is great to be a Florida Gator at, at, after a victory like that, leaving that stadium. That's, uh, that's one of the best memories you can have. <laughs> that's one of the best memories you can get. Cause that's what, that's one of the things I will always remember, um, about leaving the swamp after a big game, uh, there. So let's take a look around the SEC and what happened, uh, the same week as Florida beating LSU here. Alabama, Arkansas, 65-31 Alabama there. So uh, game was a little close. Arkansas had a chance to bring it within a touchdown. Uh, it would have been 21-14. They fumbled on the goal line, and it was kind of all she wrote after that. So uh, um, not, much of a, not much of a game. Um, and then South Carolina with a big victory, 37-35. Missouri jumped out to a, a, a lead there. South Carolina fought back. It was a big storm big rain delay there as well that's one of the worst storms i uh, i've seen when I, mean, I went and looked at the highlights of that game uh but you know will muschamp and them uh survive you know now now uh, got got their third win of the season uh there that would have been their third sec loss uh but they found a way uh, to, to pull that one out so a yeah, big win by will muschamp and they uh beating missouri of course florida 27 19 over lsu Ole Miss beats Louisiana Monroe 70 to 21. Kentucky gets their first loss in College Station as Texas A&M beats them 20 to 14. A game that went to overtime. Kentucky missed a field goal, so A&M all they had to do was uh, score after that, and they scored a touchdown uh, to win that game 20 to 14 in overtime, giving Kentucky their first loss of the season. Florida's opponent last week, Mississippi State, beats Auburn 23-9. That Auburn offense can't get anything going with that offensive line and Jarrett Stidham right now. Uh, big bounce-back win after two straight losses from Mississippi State there. Uh, there. So, um, you know, uh, good bounce-back win by them, and Auburn's got to go figure some things out. Georgia 41-13 over Vanderbilt, Florida's next uh, opponent. That's Florida's next two opponents, actually, there. So 41-13, Georgia beats Vanderbilt. Uh, there, so Florida travels to Vanderbilt for a noon kickoff next week. So let's go and let's take at these. Let's take a look at these SEC standings. Georgia leading the way in the East, overall six and zero, four and zero in the conference. Kentucky and Florida tied for second, but Kentucky will hold a tiebreaker there. Of course, uh, both teams five and one, three and one in the conference. South Carolina uh, at two and two in conference, three and two overall. Next team in line, and then Missouri, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, all 0-2 in the conference, but Missouri 3-2, Tennessee 2-3, and where they had a bye week, and then Vanderbilt 3-3 and on the season. But Missouri, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, all winless right now in the SEC. Let's head over to the West. Alabama, only undefeated team over there. After LSU gets beat, Alabama 6-0, 3-0 in the conference. And then LSU 5-1, 2-1 in the conference. Texas A&M still there, two and one in the conference, so uh, they're uh, they're kind of tied there for second, four and two overall. Mississippi State, Auburn at one and two, and then Arkansas, Ole Miss, uh, winless in the conference so far this year. So, yep, guys, 
That's going to do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Glad you could join me here talking about this big, big, big victory that the Gators got over LSU, 27-19. to 19. Have a couple more episodes this week. Of course, Will Miles would join me on the next episode. He'll go look at some film. You can go read his article at readingreaction.com to get his thoughts. Uh, but we'll get his reaction here. Uh, we'll take a tiny look ahead to, to Vanderbilt. But uh, mostly, you know, we're going to revel in this big-time victory um, over, over LSU. And then uh, later on in the week, uh, we'll have our Vanderbilt preview and, uh, you know, uh, all, all that good stuff. Looking ahead to the to, to the big uh, trip to Nashville, you know, one of, the, one of the funnest cities there in the country and, uh, of course, in the SEC. Uh, so probably have more fun visiting Nashville for actual Nashville than, than the game because uh, Gator fans will probably outnumber Vandy fans there. Uh, if, you've, if you've ever been to that game, you, you know that to, to be the case there. So, oh, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Guys and girls, thanks for listening to this episode. I'm David Waters. You can catch me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore S-E-C. Go Gators! <laughs>